welcome to the Gomcast, your weekly feel-good podcast with news out of E3, Pokemon Direct from last week, wrap-up on Game of Thrones Season 5, and a whole lot more. I'm your host, Andrew Logan, and let's dive right into it. That's right, it is E3 time, ladies and gents. A lot of big news coming out this weekend from all the major conferences, except for Sony, who decided not to play ball this year, but hey, you know what, that's fine. We have a lot of stuff, a lot of ground to cover, involving a lot of great new games that I'm very much excited for, and how the conferences went for some of the game industry's heaviest hitters. I finished Game of Thrones Season 5, we're going to talk about that a little bit. We got new songs of the week, we got new chapters, nice big long podcast for y'all to listen to. And if you want to support the Going Upcast, there's a lot of great ways you can do that. You can go to patreon.com forward slash goingupcast, where you can become a $1 or $5 level, and the $5 level gets you monthly access to my private live stream. This live stream will be... This month's live stream will be me completing Diablo 2 Lord of Destruction with Act 5. Going after Bale, that son of a bitch. And you can also check out goingcast.com forward slash store where you can buy a mystery book or a personalized reading of your choosing. Regardless of length, there's a wonderful list of pricing structures laid out all there. Nice and easy. And if you have any questions, feel free to email me at goingcast at gmail.com and I will happily work with you to accomplish whatever project you're working on. But that's enough of me shilling. Let's dive into some stuff. I'll hopefully make you happy. You know, one of the benefits of having a, uh, a weekly podcast is just being on the cusp of brand new breaking news. So last Wednesday, <laughs> uh, we had the Nintendo Direct, which gave us some new details of the much-anticipated 8th generation to the Pokemon game franchise, Pokemon Sword and Shield. I go all the way back to like when I was basically a, a youngster playing Pokemon. Uh, I played through, never played the first gen when it first came out. I hopped in on second gen. Uh, but I had the cards when I was a kid. I did the whole thing. I watched the show. Huge Pokemon fan. I love it to pieces. It's one of my all-time favorite things. And I am eagerly chomping at the bit for new Pokemon news. And we finally got uh, some new stuff after the initial announcement a month or so ago. We got a couple of new Pokemon announced this time around. We got Wooloo who is a sheep Pokemon. I'm going to say it uh, right here for the record that I highly doubt this Pokemon will evolve. But at the same time, looking at it, it definitely looks like it has evolution potential. I just don't know where they're going to go. Perhaps it'll turn into a yak. There are little budling horns, so perhaps those will get bigger and it'll turn into like a big horn sheep deal, which could be really cool. Uh, we'll just have to wait and see. We got uh, Gossifleur. Grass-type flowering Pokemon, and it's Evolution Eldegoss, which is like a big cotton ball. So, just another cotton ball Pokemon. These these flower-based grass-type Pokemon never really did much for me. So it's it's almost as if I it's like I don't even I don't even care. I just discount it immediately. I'm never gonna catch it. I never want it. It's fine. Whatever. Moving on. Like skip. Don't even care. Dreadnaw is pretty cool. It is a water rock type snapping turtle looking Pokemon. They call it the bite Pokemon, but it's a fucking snapping turtle. It should be the snapping turtle Pokemon, but you know, that's that's whatever. Uh, pretty cool Pokemon there. And then we've got the coolest fucking bird Pokemon I've ever seen. Corviknight, who is a flying steel raven Pokemon. It is seven feet tall. It weighs 600 or 165 pounds, sorry. That is an absurdly huge bird. It's fucking armored to the nines. It looks great. 
And then it also told us the legendary Pokemons. So we have Zacian for the she for the sword Pokemon. Sorry. It is a big blue wolf with a sword in its mouth, and it looks like it's got like cool metallic wings and a crown. Thing looks dope as hell. And then we got Zamazenta. Zamazenta or whatever, which is a big old pupper, big old blue pupper with giant shield, like pauldrons basically, and a big armored face. Now, I like both of these puppers equally, and I like, I'll say the, the one thing I didn't like about this Nintendo Direct is that it did not help me determine which version of the game to buy. But hey, you know what? That's okay. Sometimes you don't know. You don't know going in which way you're going to go, and that's fine. That's totally fine. I'll know when they announce the version exclusives in probably like a month before the game comes out. And at that point, we'll know everything. We'll know what all the new Pokemon look like. We'll know who the enemy team is. We'll know it all. A couple other new things about this game that I wanted to talk about. We've got the new dumb mechanic. Because they can't release a new Pokemon game without introducing a new stupid mechanic. Like Mega Evolutions and Z-Moves. We've got Dynamax. Which basically turns your Pokemon into a giant kaiju. They get big, dumb new moves, and it's these big, epic spectacle fights. That in and of itself isn't stupid, but I want to propose here and now a brand new game mode for Pokemon, and it's called Play the Game Without Using the Dynamax Function. So the enemies will, but you won't. Dynamax, outside of the raid battles, which we'll get into in a little second, lasts for three turns. And it can only be done once per battle. So basically what that means is that your dudes need to tank for three turns. Also, if if I'm predict like, I don't think, I don't know what the strategy for Dynamax is, and we won't really know until we get our hands on it, but the idea of Dynamaxing Evolution to, at the same time they Dynamax, that doesn't seem the way to do it. You want to Dynamax when they're small, and you want to be, like, I guess you don't want to be small when they're Dynamaxing, but it's like, I don't know, it feels like you want to be big to punch the little guy, and you don't want to be small to punch the big guy, but surely that'd be the strategy, right? You want to be the big guy on campus, so you would want to wait till they burnt theirs before you used yours, but who knows? Who knows what the strategy is going to be there? I don't particularly care because I think it looks, it looks cool, but I'm probably not going to really, really use it. I don't really use Z-moves all that much. I never really used Mega Evolutions. I just stuck to, you know, the stuff. And I will say that's one of the good things about the Pokemon stuff is that, you know, unless there's like a story specific time when you absolutely have to do this, you can probably play the whole game without Dynamaxing. It's an option and you can ignore the option that's, that's available to you. The Max Raid Battles are an online four-person co-op Pokemon battle against a Dynamaxed Pokemon. That Pokemon is permanently Dynamaxed, and if I'm understanding the Nintendo Direct correctly, occasionally you will have one of these raid battles where you will capture and, or defeat and capture a Pokemon, and then that Pokemon will become available for you to catch in the rest of the game. So perhaps you will unlock Pokemon this in this area. And this brings me to the next thing I want to talk about, the wild area. So it seems like this is going to be much more open world than previous games. You get full camera controls over what you look and see, which will help you find items and stuff like that. And if I'm right, I doubt there are going to be the route-based system we've seen in previous Pokemon games. I think what it's going to be is it's just going to be a series of these wild areas between towns and cities and you know points of interest. And based on what they told us, these wild areas will undergo different um, biome transformations throughout the playing of the game, depending on like days of the week and 
stuff like that. So one day you'll head in and there's the forest and other days it'll be like a sandstorm and different uh, weather effects will change the types of Pokemon you can encounter in these zones. Which means instead of being like on route one, there are these five Pokemon, you got a 25% chance, 25% chance, 10, 10, five and whatever. Like just cascading down on catching these Pokemon. And it tells you like, here's the level range and all that stuff. What it's most likely gonna be is an incredible fucking chart being like on Tuesdays at 6 a.m. near the big rock outside of this fucking town when it's raining you might find this thing and it's gonna be it's, I think it's more organic that way it feels like more of a world you know it's not without a doubt 25% of the time on this route you will find one of these motherfuckers you're gonna find them they're there we know this for a fact that's like that's systematically mathematically determined but this it's got a lot of randomization in there it's got a lot of it's an organic structure so it could be like you know maybe maybe on thursday you know it's gonna be a snowstorm and it's like there wasn't a snowstorm scheduled and oh fuck there's a bomb of snow like just wandering around outside the city and you're just like fuck let's go so that sounds fucking super dope i'm super excited about that it's got the gym leaders and all that jibbity jabber crap as usual you know the whole becoming the champion a couple of characters were announced uh, you've got our rival's name, whose name is fucking Hop, which is stupid, and I can't wait to kick this kid's ass. We got the Professor Magnolia, who's a great old grandma. We got uh, Sonia, who's the grandma's daughter, and she's adorable, and I can't wait to hang out with her. And then you got who's most likely the champion of the, the Galar region, um, whose name is Leon. Leon! Uh, he's the undefeated champion. He's extremely popular and has the title of the greatest trainer and all of Galar. And he's got a big dumb Charizard. So you can, you know you know at least one thing you're going to have to fight. You're going to have to fight that Charizard. And that's basically all we got out of this out of this Pokemon Direct. I am of the opinion that we will see a little bit more about the Direct in the coming weeks with E3 right around the corner. But we'll simply have to wait and see. We also got the release date November 15th, which is a Friday, coming out for Pokemon Sword and Shield. There is also the double pack, which you can pre-order right now and get both versions of the game if you don't want to have to make the decision. Not once have I ever gotten both versions of the game. What I usually do is I get version one and then the third version that comes out. So like I have a copy of Sapphire and Emerald. I have a copy of Pearl and Platinum. You know, that's that was my thing. Um, the only one I didn't do that for was uh, Black and White 2, which I straight up skipped because I hated Black and White. Um, but that is, that's fine. I even got Ultra Sun and Moon, so there you go. Um, and they never came out with Pokemon Z for X and Y, uh, nor do they come out with, I mean, Delta Emerald was a, was a ending thing in, uh, Alpha Sapphire, which was awesome. I loved the storytelling in Delta Emerald, but that is it for Pokemon. That's it for the Pokepaws, the Poke Corner. Uh, I'm very excited for it and I hope you are too. And I'm sure once we get closer to the thing, I'll be like, here's my friend code. Let's fucking fight some, some Zenimax fucking... Some some Pokemons or Dyna Dynamos, whatever they're called. Anyway, let's move on to the next thing. Fine. That's right, it is E3 time once again, everybody, and I am actively watching the Xbox uh, E3 press conference live right now. There's been a couple of interesting games that have been announced. Uh, there's a brand new Minecraft game called Minecraft Dungeons, which looks like a top-down hack and slash, a la Diablo done in a Minecraft style, which looks like it has some potential uh, that I might be interested in. There's another game from Ninja Theory called uh, Bleeding Edge, which is a character-driven, uh, Anarchy Reigns-esque 4v4 kind of combat brawler, which looks okay. 
it's one of those games that like look at how cool we are like you know that they tried to do with um mighty number no. nine and shit like that and it's just i just don't i just don't like it when the game's like we're so cool and you're gonna love us i hate that shit like games are cool when they try not to be cool but when they try to be cool they're not cool and that's true for fucking everything across the board uh this new ori and the blind forest game ori and the spirit of song or whatever um i forget what it's called but that looks great um, I suck at platformers, but I love the art style of that, and I love the fact that those games are still making them. Like, they're still making those games, because there's a there's a group of people out there that fucking love that game, and the stories it tells, and the music, and the look of it, and it's all wonderful, so I'm a real big fan of that. And outside of that, nothing so much uh, to write home about in the Xbox. Like I said, I'm watching it live right now. Uh, I'm a little bummed that there's no Sony this week. And we probably got all the Pokemon news we're going to get out of E3 last week with uh, with the stuff I just talked about. So we're just going to have to deal, I suppose. But uh, I'm going to get back to the rest of the conference. And we're going to move on to the next thing in the podcast, which will probably be more talk about the conference. All right. Xbox has had its time in the sun. You'll notice that this will probably be E3 will be split up over two weeks. Simply because when the episode goes up, it'll be like during E3, so there's probably going to be a little bit of a little bit of like uh, news next week as well. But let's talk about what Microsoft brought to the fucking gaming table this week in E3. Naturally, uh, they had the Outer Worlds, which is a game. Who cares? Bleeding Edge. We already talked about it. Ori and the Will of the Wisps. Whoop-de-doo. Minecraft Dungeons. There's the new Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order game. It showed us that it's got Forrest Whitaker. And the guy, the main character was uh, fucking Jerome from Gotham. He played like the Joker. So I think that's pretty cool. Um, he's pretty neat. Uh, we saw a little bit of something called Blair Witch. Looks like a horror game. Comes out August 30th. We finally got a release date for Cyberpunk fucking 2077. Comes out... April 16th, 2020. That's a long way away, but that's all right. I can I can deal. I'll most likely have finished Pokemon by the time that comes out. Fucking Keanu Reeves is in it, and that shit was dope. I am so excited for Cyberpunk 2077. Comes out next year. That was that was the big news I wanted at E3, and I got it. Yes. Spiritfarer looks neat. Um, it's a cute little a cute little Miyazaki little little thing. Battletoads. Who gives a fuck? RPG Time The Legend of Right, which was the game that looked like it was done in like a student's notebook, looked very original and unique, and I like that. Uh, some Something called the Xbox Game Pass coming to PC, woohoo, it's like $9.99 on PC, or you get the ultimate for $15 uh, a month, and that gives you both Xbox and PC. I don't have an Xbox, so that's I'm all about the PC. Microsoft Flight Simulator, woohoo. Age Empires Definitive Edition, don't really care. Wasteland 3, I don't know what that is. Double Fine joins the Xbox Studio, which I'm super happy about. Double Fine is comprised of wonderful, lovely people. I Brutal Legends, my second all-time favorite game. I love Psychonauts. I love their stuff. I, I hope this means that they, like, Double Fine for, like, the last 10 years has always been, like, in my mind, on the edge of failing. Like like all these kickstarters to make their games and all this like like they're making like little games to to generate enough money to like fund the big stuff so hopefully this means that double fine can just kind of let loose and go nuts and just make some shit because now they've got xbox backing them financially so i'm i'm hopeful that double fine can be like okay guys we're good we don't have to live paycheck to paycheck anymore 
Let's make Brutal Legend 2. Let's do it. EA almost killed this company. Let's fucking do it with Microsoft Brutal Legend 2. I doubt it. I really doubt it. But, I mean, there's more of a chance now than there ever has been before. So, you can do a double fine. I will find you at PAX and be like, now you're with Xbox Brutal Legend 2. Anyway, um, that's really cool. I'm super happy for them. Psychonauts 2 got a trailer. Looks neat. Lego Star Wars The Skywalker Saga. All nine films. I love the Lego games. I have a huge soft spot for the Lego games. And I've played like Lego 7 and um, the, the original 6 movie Lego game that they had. But they like Lego games have only gotten better with time. With like fun new mechanics and, and the goofy jokes and stuff like that. So doing all nine films in one game. That's pretty tempting. I loved Lego Harry Potter. Like, I love those games. They're simple. They're fun. They're dumb. I love them. They're great. They're just they're just tons of fun. Dragon Ball Z Kakarot looks like a Xenoverse-esque game. I wasn't a really big Dragon Ball fan, so that's whatever. 12 Minutes looked like a cool little Groundhog Day thriller, but that's probably not my style. Way to the Woods with the Magic Deer looked nice. Kind of a la Journey, you know, just kind of an art game. One of those things, uh, which is super cool. Gears 5, cool. Uh, new Elite Series 2 controllers looked dope. I love the fact that you can change the uh, resistance level on the joysticks and you can have a shorter hair trigger so you can fire faster. I think that's awesome. I want one for my computer. I want one. I do. I want to customize it and I want to build it and I want it in my hands. It looked awesome. Dying Light 2 with my boy Matt Mercer being the main dude. Super, super, super duper cool. Forza Horizon 4 Lego Speed Champions. Looks like a lot of fun, but I kept, I just was shouting at my computer, why? Why is this the thing? Why did you do this crossover? It's neat. It's cool. I'm not going to get it, but it's just, why? When, how did this come about? They didn't really tell us. It's just like, hey, you know what you want in your super realistic driving game? Lego. And I'm like, yes, yes, yes. Cool. All right. It's fine. And then we got Gear Pop, which is a mobile game. They only showed, like, one fucking mobile game, so who cares? Stated Decay 2 Heartland trailer. Neat. Crossfire X. I have no idea what that is, but that looked cool. A new Tales of Zisteria, Ben Bestiaria, Arise, whatever. Borderlands 3. That's the... F I have actually avoided all Borderlands 3 news, and I straight up forgot they were making it until I saw the trailer. I'm super on board. There's a class in that called Beastmaster, which is super right up my alley. So excited for that. New Borderlands 2 DLC available for free now. The George R. R. Martin FromSoft collaboration game Elden Ring trailer. No uh, release date announced for that. But um, that got leaked a little while ago on like Vati's channel. He was talking about that. Um, so I'm very excited about that. It looks like a Souls George R. R. Martin game. Whoop-de-doo. Can't wait. That looks neat. Project. So they're talking about a cloud streaming game. They announced their new trailer comes out next year, holiday 2020, with Halo Infinite. It looks fine. Um, you know, I haven't had an Xbox or an Xbox console since the Xbox 360, like Black Edition. It's actually in my um, my living room, but that's fine. You know, I'm always excited for new consoles, but I know I know where where I'm going. I I know like I'm getting the PlayStation 5. Like that's that's where I'm heading next. Xbox is great, but the problem with Xbox and I, I know, like, they realize this, but it's like, I have the PC, so I don't need the Xbox. I'm going to get your controller, because I know it's going to work on my PC. And for console gaming, I'm going Sony, because Sony shit won't be on the PC. So 
So that's kind of where I'm at. Later today being Sunday, we get Bethel's, Bethesda and Delvolver Digital. And then tomorrow we get like Ubisoft and Square Enix and Nintendo Direct and all that stuff where hopefully we'll get some more Pokemon news. But the last thing I want to talk about, which I'm super fucking excited for, Fantasy Star Online 2 coming 2020 to Xbox and PC for the first time in the West. Holy goddamn shit, Fantasy Star Online 2, it's free to play! It's free to play! Oh man, I am a sucker for fucking MMORPG, JRPG shit, and I cannot wait for the Mac Daddy of this shit. The, the penultimate, the king among kings, Fantasy Star Online. Oh. So Xbox surprised the absolute shit out of me by dropping things I actually cared about. Cyberpunk 2077 release date. Yes! Double Fine being bought by Xbox. Super cool. Big fan of that. And Fantasy Star Online 2. Borderlands 3. Holy, holy dog shit. I'm excited. Project Scarlet is cool. Um, they're going to call it something dumb like the Xbox 2 for 1 for the Xbox Red. I don't know what they're going to call it. But they're going to call it something dumb. Um, but Scarlet's a good project name for it. Uh, and honestly, I should leave it the Xbox Scarlet. That's not a, it's not a bad name. It's not a bad name. So, oh, a lot of, a lot of good stuff. A lot of good stuff out of this, uh, out of this conference. Definitely more than I was expecting. So I'm very, 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 very pleased with their efforts. And I want more news. I want, I want more stuff. There, I, I can't wait to see the Bethesda thing because... I can't wait to watch them put their foot in their mouth and be shit. Like, there's, you know, there's a bunch of Bethesda stuff that they're working on that I'm excited to know about. Um, particularly Elder Scrolls 6. But, I mean, after Fallout 76 turning into such a dumpster fire, like, oh, Todd, Todd, shower me, shower me, Todd, with your memes and your jokes and your terrible, terrible games. I can't wait. Also, Ubisoft can eat a dick. I do not and will not care about Ubisoft. I I hate I hate their games. They suck. I hate them all. But we'll probably talk about it just so I can shit on them. Xbox, you done good, kid. You done good. Cyberpunk 2077. Holy shit. So excited. Keanu Reeves. Oh, he's hamming it up. Oh, it's so good. Let's move on to the next thing of the podcast. songs of the week i've got a country song i know i know but i grew up on like garth brooks and country classics like that so a little part of me still is very fond of the the twang of country music so we're gonna talk about a country song that's actually pretty new came out last year and then we're gonna talk about a song straight up ripped out of my nostalgia books from my good old-fashioned year like long 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 time ago when i was a quite a youngster and let's talk about the country song first. The song in question is the title track off the album Girl Go Nowhere by Ashley McBride. She's kind of up and coming in the country sphere. And uh, the song uh, rang true with uh, some some good messages. And I thought it was good. So I covered it pretty much the day I heard it um, very late that night. And I was like, this is really good. I want to I give this a shot. I did the whole song. We're still only going to listen to a snippet of it, but... Here's a, here's a bit of my version of Girl Go Nowhere by Ashley McBride. And then the lights come up And I hear a band And where they said I'll never be It's exactly where I am I hear the crowd and I look around 
And I can't find one empty chair Not bad for a girl going nowhere And the other song this week that I would like to talk about comes to us from a band called Windrose who covered, of all things, Diggy Diggy Hole, which was written by the Yogs cast many moons ago based off of a joke that one of the members told many moons ago about how he was a dwarf and he was digging a hole. Diggy Diggy Hole. He's digging a hole. And they are a Lord of the Rings-focused metal band that gave this song the treatment of a lifetime. The version that the Oxcast put out, gotta be getting on like five to seven years ago, was awesome. And they just they just cranked it up to 11. And it's a wonderful cover. And I'm a super, super, super big fan of it. You can listen to both of these tracks on the Garmcast.com Song of the Week playlist found on Spotify. And if you have a song you would like to suggest for Song of the Week, hit me up at Garmcast at gmail.com or use the contact page at Garmcast.com. And let's move on to the next week's podcast. batch of Harry Potter chapters. We've got chapter 25, The Seer Overheard, chapter 26, The Cave, and chapter 27, The Lightning Struck Tower. And the title of that chapter is the inspiration for the album art used in book 7 on GoHomeCast.com. Anyway, the highlight for this week comes to us from chapter 25, The Seer Overheard, where the reality of my future sets in, and I needed to talk about it. You don't think I'm mad wanting that book back, do you? Of course not, said Ron Robustly. He was a genius, the prince. Anyway, without his bezoar tip, he drew a finger significantly across his own throat. God, if only. I wouldn't be here to discuss it, would I? I mean, I'm not saying that spell used in Malfoy was great. Nor am I, said Harry quickly. But he healed all right, didn't he? Back on his feet in no time. Yeah, Harry said this was perfectly true. Although his conscience squirmed slightly all the same, thanks to Snape. Still that good detention with Snape the Saturday, Ron continued. Yeah, and the Saturday after that, and the Saturday after that, said Harry. And he's hinting now that if I don't get all the boxes done by the end of the term, we'll carry on into next year. Well... Fortunately for you, Harry, you don't have to fucking worry about that because of how shit's going to boil down. I was actively thinking about this um, earlier today when I was like, oh yeah, so Harry doesn't show up to Hogwarts next year. And I remember Snape being like, you'll do more boxes next year. <laughs> and I was like, fuck you, no I'm not. I'm going to go hunt horcruxes and dick around in a tent for fucking ever. God, I can't wait. Fuck the whole goddamn seventh book. Oh, oh man, I'm so excited. You guys think I'm angry now. Oh boy, you fuckers are in for a treat. You don't not you do not understand how much rage that book is gonna fill me with. Anyway. Three brand new chapters of Harry Potter and the Whatever land every Wednesday night. The finale of book six is next week, and then we're on to book seven. So get excited. We are approaching the end finally. Of this so I can move on to something else I we already know I'm moving on to Game of Thrones so get ready for uh, for Game of Thrones and hopefully by the time I finish book five of Game of Thrones the others are done laying down the gauntlet Martin if you don't finish the story I will and you're not gonna like how I end it let's move on to the next thing in the podcast the Bethesda conference. I was like, there's going to be some stuff to talk about. You should probably wait till you've, you've seen it all so you don't have to come back later and talk about it. But I need to talk about it. So, 
I don't really much care for Bethesda. I played Skyrim. I own it on three consoles like everybody does because it's fucking Skyrim. But I never really liked the Fallout games. Wolfenstein is fine. Evil Within was okay. You know, it's just like... It's all about the Elder Scrolls and the Fallouts. That's all anybody really cares about when it comes to Bethesda. And I'm not sure if you paid attention to the news lately in the last, like, year and a half, but Bethesda's not had a great year. Fallout 76 was a pile of dog shit, and everybody hated it, and it was buggy and crap, and it really fucking needed more time to polish, but they really wanted to get it out the door. So, that's not great. And then you got all the people that pre-ordered the game that are waiting on their canvas bags, and, fall and Bethesda's like, we'll send them out in six months. It's now been six months, and people don't have their bags. So there's a lot of negative PR around Bethesda. And uh, rightly so, because they released shitty games and don't keep the promises. So they're losing a lot of goodwill with the people. Anyway, they come out dick swinging and being like, we've had a great year at Bethesda, which is categorically not true. They've had one of the worst years of any game studio out there. But hey, you know what? That's fine. What do they bring to the table? Well, they brought some Fallout 76 news. And granted, if the game launched with that shit, probably would have been a lot better. But you're a year too late on a lot of that stuff. And the 12 people still playing your game were really excited about it. And that's it. Then you got, uh, all right, unironically, Ghostfire Tokyo looks dope. I don't know anything about it, much like Death Stranding. But that game's got some potential and it's got some legs. And I'm really excited about it. Supernatural action adventure set in Tokyo like that? Oh, you've got you've got me interested. You got all right, all right, Bethesda, you get one, you get one. I'm I am involved, and I want to know more about it. So I'll give you that. Also, the uh, the the wonderful the wonderful woman who came on stage and introduced it was quite frankly adorable. But the entire internet's already fallen in love with her, so I'm not saying anything new there. Commander Keen actually rings a lot of bells for me. Uh, from long, long, like 20 fucking years ago when I was a child, I roughly remember that name being uttered by others. And they brought it back as a mobile game. And it's doing the thing that I already complained about, which is games that try to be cool are not cool. They're not. You're, you're, you're leaning too far into the, like, look how cool we are. The song said, fuck. Oh, man, it's crazy. Don't, no. Stop it. Stop. Stop it. So, but at the same time, just like with like Forza and Madden and FIFA, this game is exciting to someone. So, I I I guess that's why it gets like you know some fucking screen time. But it's just like I'm watching I'm watching Angriest Pat watch it, and he's just got his face in his hands, and he is the most defeated looking person. It's very entertaining. So, Ghostfire Tokyo looks amazing, and I can't wait to know more about it. Um, and I guess we're just gonna have to keep on watching this, watching this shit, so. Fuck you, Todd Howard. Where's my canvas bag? Where is it, Todd? Alright, it's finally over. So, just running down the list here real quick. We've got Elder Scrolls Blade being ported to the Switch. I don't even know what that is, so who cares? Fallout 76 is going into year two. We already talked about that. Ghostwire Tokyo looks dope. Elder Scrolls Online has a new dumb thing called Elsewhere. whoop dee freaking do Commander Keen looks like shit. Elder Scrolls Legends is a card game. Who cares? Rage 2 came out three weeks ago, and there's some DLC for that. So once again, who cares? 
Wolfenstein Cyber Pilot is a VR Wolfenstein game. Could be cool. Comes out in July. There's not much on the VR right now, to be perfectly honest with you. There's like maybe three to five games absolutely worth playing, at least on the PlayStation VR. So I will probably take a look at that simply because there's not much else to look at. Wolfenstein Youngblood Co-op Wolfenstein. Uh, where you play as uh, B.J. Blazkowicz's daughter is going to save him from a Nazi-occupied France in the 1980s. Has a lot of potential, so I'm pretty excited about that. Deathloop looks mildly interesting, but I know, like, it looked a lot like Prey to me. And I know Prey was good, but I never actually played it, so I don't really care. And Deathloop would have looked a lot cooler had 12 minutes not come out literally today, like being announced, you know, the, the time loop kind of gameplay. Um, and I, I mean, time loop games already exist. They're called roguelikes. Um, but I guess there's, there's a lot of, uh, fun potential of, of a time loop game where the time looping mechanic is built into the structure of the game. So it'll be interesting to see. But if you are constantly restarting, especially with death loop, if you're constantly restarting with like the same beginner gear and you have to recollect shit all the time. Um, the story might move forward, but you as like a player are not more powerful than I don't, I don't know. But I think Deathloop is an excellent example of a game that looks cool, but I know in my heart of hearts, I will never buy nor play it. It's just one of those things. It's like, there's a lot of great shows out there. There's a lot of great movies. There's a lot of great games that exist that I know in this lifetime, I will not touch them. I will not watch them. I will not see them. I won't experience it because there's simply not enough time. So I'm sure Deathloop will be fine, but whatever. And then Doom Eternal looks like a Doom game. Cool. Um, I mean, Doom's cool. Everybody likes Doom. It looks like it's going to a lot of fun locations. So that's really exciting and all that stuff. But all in all, not too, not too thrilled with what Bethesda put forward. I think Ghostwire Tokyo was probably the best bit. Um, Xbox put a much stronger showing out there, which isn't exactly fair. But you know what? If Bethesda is going to come out with like, look at all of our studios. We've been Bethesda for 25 years and our fans love us trying to swing it with the big dogs. Then you're going to get fucking treated with the big dogs. And you know what, Bethesda? I wasn't impressed. I wasn't, I wasn't, I wasn't there. You know why? Because you didn't show us fucking dick shit about your new IP Starlink or whatever or anything Elder Scrolls 6 related. Nothing. Not a thing. You didn't show us shit about the two games anybody actually cares about. So, that was not smart. And I don't know why you're all saving it for QuakeCon, where the fucking eight people that are still playing Fallout 76 are gonna go to it. I'm just like, I don't, don't care. I don't care. And if you think I'm grumpy about Bethesda, pff, just wait till I tar start talking about shit about Ubisoft. Because even though I hate Ubisoft, I'm still gonna watch their fucking panel tomorrow, and I'm gonna talk more mad shit about it. But I'm still riding high over Microsoft shit, with Cyberpunk 2077 and um, uh, Fantasy Star Online 2, and uh, what was the other one that really that really got me excited? Um, Elder, Elden Ring. I'm not sure I spoke about that, but the the FromSoft uh, George R. R. Martin uh, collaboration game. I, I I mean, there's not much we really know about it right now. We just know that it's FromSoft who made Dark Souls, which is fantastic. I absolutely love those. So if it's if it's like I don't even I don't even know. I know a lot of people are gonna be like, it's Dark Souls Game of Thrones. But it's probably not gonna be Dark Souls Game of Thrones. I mean, that's kind of his story, but he's a storyteller, and I'm sure he had a wonderful, cool new idea to bring to this, and it will be I mean, 
when you're when you're plugging that you're working with Martin, this game Elden Ring needs to have one hell of a story, and you know it's gonna be a story with with risks, with consequences, because that's kind of what Game of Thrones was all about. That's kind of his style. Um, it's gonna be descriptive. It's gonna be well developed. If if he put in the time and stuff like that, um, and you know there's like twelve hundred people out there. I keep saying 12. I don't know why that specific number, but there's a group of people out there that are going to be grumpy that Game of Thrones is taking this much longer because he worked on a cool video game. So there you go. But that is it for day, technically day two of E of E3. I did not talk about EA's shit because there wasn't dick squat announced there that I cared about. Let me just, it's like, Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order looks fine, but honest to God, it reminds me of The Force Unleashed. Like, a, a good B-C-plus-looking kind of game. Like, there's just nothing there to excite me about it. It's just, like, it's not... It looks easy. It looks fine. I don't care about it. There's nothing there, you know? It's clearly... You are this character. It's not going to be like Knights of the Old Republic where you could be any old fucking character you want. It's going to be, you are Jack Sparrow, who cares? This is your robot. You go on this journey and you're done. And that's fine, but it's just like, I don't really care. So, Apex Legends, I don't even know what the fuck that is. So who cares? Battlefield 5, don't care. Sims 4, Island Living, who's playing The Sims anymore? And then FIFA 20, don't care. So, yeah, don't, don't, yeah, it's just whatever. So who's on the docket for tomorrow? Uh, can I get like a schedule? Here we go. So let's see. Uh, we've gone through uh, apparently, yeah, Google with the Stadia, pfft, whatever. EA, Microsoft, Bethesda, Devolver Digital. I don't think they announced any games. Um, I could be wrong, but like I'm looking at this like uh, this thread right now, and there wasn't much of anything. Um, I'm just gonna refresh this real quick to see if they added anything. Um, doesn't look like it. So I don't know what Devolver did. Uh, but I don't really care much for their indie stuff, so I don't care. Upload VR um, has a uh, conference tomorrow, so it's going to talk about virtual reality games. I'm very excited about that. PC gaming show at 10 a.m. Don't really care. Limited run Ubisoft. AMD kind of funny showcase and Square Enix later at night. And then the final direct, which is the probably the one I won't talk about this week, which ironically is the one I want to talk about more than any of the others, is Nintendo Direct, which is 9 a.m. on Tuesday morning. So that will have to wait for next week. But tomorrow we get Square Enix. That's the, We get Square Enix tomorrow. So we'll talk about Final Fantasy. Um, and let's move on to uh, the next thing in the podcast. I just finished Season 5 of Game of Thrones for the first time. I know everybody's kind of moved on collectively from it, but I've got two seasons to go. So I'm still riding high on the Game of Thrones train. Season 5 was pretty okay. I really think the show peaked at Season 4, took a minor dip at Season 5, and if Season 8 is anything to go on, then I've got a linear track with two points there. Season 6 and 7 are going to kind of careen on downward. Uh, Season 5 had a lot of great moments, probably ruined by the fact that I knew where the story went. So I skipped virtually everything that Arya was doing. I just didn't care. Because I know nothing that she does there matters for later. I paid attention to what John was doing because I always thought John's stuff was pretty neat. 
Um, I thought Jamie's side story there was a complete waste of time, kind of like how Indiana Jones's presence in uh, Raider of the Lost Ark wouldn't have changed the plot at all. Had Jamie not acted, then Marcella would have died, and Jamie acted, and she died anyway. So it's just kind of like a big toss-up, like, that was a complete waste, <laughs> but we needed something for them to do. So whoop-de-doo. And then they've got trouble in the capital, but I don't really... I don't really care. And then, of course, John dies, which is, um, had I been watching the show live, probably would have impacted me just as much as it impacted everybody else, because we didn't know at the time, and we're like, oh my god, they just killed Jon Snow. But everybody's like, it's called A Song of Ice and Fire. That's John. He is the son of the Stark and the Targ, Targaryen. It is, he is the Song of Ice and Fire. Therefore, the whole thing's about John. Therefore, he's not dead, but, you know, it's whatever so um i don't know if actually if they kill john in the books i don't know i don't know i wonder if that's beyond the books at that point couldn't tell you but season five was decent hard home had a had a really cool fight scene there at the end um a lot of great one track panning shots um with no cuts in it um hard home is an excellent example of having a cool uh fight scene and the viewer being able to comprehend where all the pieces are in relation to each other gets a sense of geography for the combat. So it makes sense of like when John starts wandering off left to do a task, we as the viewers know where he's going because of establishing shots and good cinematography, we understand the layout of the battle. Um, it also gives us a taste, a really, really nice taste of just how much of a threat the, the army of the dead poses. I mean, in the in the Battle of Winterfell, we get that in a major way, but it's just like, this is a little taster. This is like, here's what you're up against. And we also got the first scene of like the arm raising. Um, I thought that was good. Um, I know I hadn't experienced this season firsthand until now. And I know the internet hates Ollie with a burning passion, but you gotta sympathize with the kid a little bit. The wildlings did kill his parents straight up in front of him. And then one of them was like, I'm gonna eat your mom and dad. And so he's like, fuck the wildlings. So I get it. You know what? I can, I can, I can see his point of view. He's super against the wildling. He has really good reason to be. He's just, you know, he's a child. He, he avenged his parents or so his thought, or perhaps he was brainwashed by the others that like John was dooming their cause, which of course is preposterous, but you know, I don't, I don't think all he deserves the sheer amount of hate he gets. Um, and I know he dies for his, you know, insubordination later. So you know, to big, toss my hands up in the air. It's pro. It's all fine. Who really? Who really cares? You know, it's whatever. Um, but it was a it was a decent season. Season four was really solid. Um, Tyrion and uh, Daenerys and Mormont. That whole that whole the whole Sons of the Harpy thing. I I always thought was stupid. I think that's I think that's super dumb. It reeks of like we need Danny to struggle with something. How about this? That works. And then at the end, when she's surrounded by Dothraki, who you see in the wide shot, like fucking literally miles away, how did she not see that coming down off the top of the fucking mountain with a goddamn dragon? You would have seen those fuckers for days in advance how far away they were from all this shit. There's no way she would have gotten snuck up on like that. And her course of action isn't to run, it's to, I'm gonna drop my ring and they'll find me here. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's smart. What is this, Lord of the Ranks? Not idly do the leaves of Lothroyan fall. An infinitely better fantasy franchise. But hey, you know what? Whatever. Whatever. Season 5? Decent. Gonna start Season 6 here in a little bit. Um, and I think that's kind of the beginning of the end, where it really starts to go off the rails. So, 
I look forward to finishing this and then never having to watch it again. So that's kind of that's kind of where I'm at. Uh, let's move on to the next little podcast. Not gonna waste too much time talking about this one because I barely watched it because I don't care. Ubisoft announced Watch Dogs 3, Mythic Quest, which is a TV show, Rainbow Six Siege, Clutch Royale, Brawlhalla, Adventure Time, uh, Ghost Recon, Breakpoint, Elite Squad, Just Dance 2020, For Honor Shatters of Hitokiri, Rainbow Six Quarantine Division 2, Year 2, Division 2, Episode 3, Uplay Plus, which is another cloud streaming thing and roller champions and gods and monsters. I don't know or have an opinion on any of those things. And I believe this new this new kind of theme of, uh, hey, play your games anywhere um, that everybody seems to be doing because Google poked its head out of the sand and scared everyone um, is silly. I have absolutely no desire to play my games on my phone. I don't own any other surfaces in which I might want to play my game, except maybe my TV, but I can always just plug my shit into it. I don't I don't need your your streaming cloud nonsense. And also you're lying to all of us. Every you're all liars. Every single one of you. Cause fucking Bethesda's like, yo, with our streaming thing, you'll get 60 frames a second, and you'll get like 120 free like hertz refresh rate and zero latency across streaming through the cloud and we all go bullshit and it's not going to make a difference if you don't live near a data center there will be no drop in service bullshit it's not how that shit works if you're not hardwired in you're going to have problems guaranteed lag and shit exists because there's interference and crap in the air alright you can, you can make your fancy cloud surfaces as fancy as you want, all right? But the infrastructure doesn't exist for us to have that and not have it be a problem. Not have it drop, not have it stutter, not have it be 10 frames a second. So I call massive amounts of horse shit till I see that fucking crap with my own eyes when even then, even then, it's still not going to be my number one way to play. I don't understand this, this idea that like gamers are like out and about when they're playing their games. You clearly don't know your clientele very much. We're very insular. We're very, we stay in our homes. I stay in this room, because this is where my games are at. Like, I don't go outside. There's no need for me to be like, oh, I'm gonna get some groceries. Time to load up Doom Eternal on my phone. It's not gonna happen. It's just not. It's not in the cards. That's not how I operate, and that's not how the world works. So, one, it's a dumb idea, and two, you're lying to us because it's not gonna fucking work. The stadia's not gonna work the way they say it is. None of this shit's gonna work the way they say it is, all right? If you guys can't get multiplayer servers to go without zero latency, when we're connected to the fucking internet with a goddamn ethernet cable, the way it's meant to be, you're not gonna be able to pull this shit off. It's just not gonna happen. It's just not gonna happen. I don't understand who they think they're fooling. Anyway. Let's talk about Square Enix.
And finally this week, we're going to have to save the rest of E3 for next week because I simply do not have enough time to get the podcast episode all ready to go and wait for Square Enix because it's like I'm going to it's going to be like Square Enix then bed I got like just a whole work week and I got like a concert to go to. Things are very busy. So we're going to have to save Square Enix and Nintendo for next week. We're all talking about that and the concert and all that fun stuff. And it's going to be just a grand old time. Also, just as a quick side note, I just purchased uh, Elder Scrolls Online because I was doing some research on it. And apparently like four years ago, the game went underwent like a huge transformation. And a lot of people seem to really dig it. Apparently it has like 2.5 million players monthly now. And I'm like, that's that's significant. So I thought I would take a look at it. And it, uh, it appeals to me because it's 10 bucks right now and there's no monthly payments. So I'm like, all right, you know what? For 10 bucks, sure, I'll give it a whirl. So I'm going to give that a whirl. And I hope you all have a wonderful week. I hope you got some E3 news out of uh, the conferences that got you really excited. I'm sure we'll talk about um, all the fun stuff that Square Enix talks about. And Nintendo next week in the wrap-up of E3. Thank you all very much for listening. Enjoy the Harry Potter chapters tomorrow night. And I will see you then. Have a good one and good gaming, everyone. <laughs>